We need to answer these questions so that we can remove the barriers to yes. I often say a confused mind says no, that's true. But people also have their own hurdles, their own barriers that cause them to say no as well. And we need to address those hurdles and we need to address those barriers. So this is the Military Sherpa podcast, left, right, left leadership insights from America's best with your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilshire. Welcome back, everyone. It's time for our Midweek Mindset. And this week's Midweek Mindset comes from a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine. So uh, a friend of mine, I won't share anything about his identity, but suffice it to say that his wing is dealing with a DUI, a situation that uh, a lot of us deal with, unfortunately, in the military and one that we're, we're all trying and working really hard to, to work through and to, to cancel if we could, right, or, or to stop. And as I was talking to him, he's very much like me. He's a creative pioneer. He thinks the way that I think in most cases or in many cases, and we share similar values and, and similar perspectives. And as we were talking, one of the things that kept coming up was he was kind of presenting his opinion to his group that he was trying to influence. And from his point of view, he wanted to do something new. He wanted to do something different. He wanted to, to do something drastic and dramatic in a very different way than anything that we do in the past. Because what we've been doing isn't working. And so we have to try something different if we want to get different results, right? Like Albert Einstein says, the, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing and expecting different results. And uh, I'll be real with you. Like, I feel like sometimes he's talking about me, right? Like, like I'm the insane person because I do find myself doing the same things over and over again and, and expecting different results, but I digress. And so as I was listening to him, I found myself drawn into that. And so as he was talking about what he wanted to do and, and how it was different, I was like, yeah, that's what we need. We need to do something different. We need to do something outside of the box. We need to do something that is bucking the trend and that isn't normal and that isn't the status quo. But as I was talking to him, I was like, when we finished our line of thought and our, our reinforcement and going back and forth and having a good time, having a leadership philosophy conversation, I told him, you know, the fact that I'm excited about this actually it doesn't mean a whole lot because I'm you, you're me. We have the same type of mentality. We're both drawn to new and exciting and different simply because it's new, exciting and different. And one of the things that I often share in my certification course or when I talk about five voices is I always tell people like you've got to actually go out there and get the opinion and the perspective and the questions of people that aren't like you. And that's something that I find typically hard to do because I value my opinion and my perspective. And most of the time, I think that I'm right. Pioneer is right up in my top two voices. And so I do often think that I'm right. Heck, I often know that I'm right. And it takes a lot to convince me that I'm wrong. I need data and facts. And, and this is hard for people around me sometimes. And I have to do better. And we all do. But as I was talking to him and, and I was echoing the same type of advice that I give all of you when you go through my classes, which is you got to go out there and find a guardian. You got to go find a nurturer. You got to sit with them and ask them, what questions would you ask? And as I was going through this with him, I realized I've never equipped my instructors. I've never equipped my cadre. I've never equipped my military people or my civilian people with those questions. And we have them. We have some of them in the giant toolkit. And during this business retooling session that I'm currently under, I'm making a few things like feedback forms and decision matrices and different things that we can use to, to bring voices in even when we don't have them, when we have a missing voice on our team, the number one team kryptonite. And so with these midweek mindsets, what I'm going to do for the next five weeks is I'm going to share with you what types of questions you need to be thinking about if you want to persuade the person on the other side of you if they have the foundational voice. And so what I mean by that is that I'm today going to talk about the nurture and I'm going to give you three questions that our nurturers are asking. 
what are our nurturers asking? What questions do we need to be answering before they articulate, before they speak them, before they think them? We need to answer these questions so that we can remove the barriers to yes. I often say a confused mind says no. That's true. But people also have their own hurdles, their own barriers that cause them to say no as well. And we need to address those hurdles and we need to address those barriers. So today we're going to kick off with the nurturer. What questions are nurturers asking? If you don't have a nurturer near you or you're trying to persuade one, what kind of questions are they asking? So there's three of them. The first question that nurturers are often asking in their head, how will this decision impact people? So for me, when I do things around the house, I often want to tap into my children and my son and my daughter and, and my other two daughters, and I want them to come and help me with whatever it is that I'm working on. But because pioneers in my top two voice, I'm always moving forward. I'm almost always forgetting that they have a life and things going on. And just because we homeschool them doesn't mean they're at my beck and call. That's a big deal. And so I've had to learn over the years that, hey, what am I about to ask them? And how is this decision going to affect them? And if I don't ask myself that question and preemptively implement it, then I promise you that my wife is going to ask that question once she hears me calling for them. Hey, did you know the kids are doing this? Hey, did you know the kids are doing that? And she can bring me back to center. And for me, I need to do that preemptively, which is one of the habits that are tendencies that I'm really trying to work on. I'm trying to change my pattern right now in this area and, and, and I'm having some good gains. I'm, I'm happy with my progress. But for our nurturers, when we're speaking, when we sit down and we say, we want to do this thing, we want to do this new, we have a new plan, how's this decision going to impact people? And so as we say, well, I want to do something dramatically different. Well, how long is it going to take? How many hours is it going to take? Do the people have the skill set to implement that thing that we're trying to, to, to tell them to implement? How does this mesh with the workload that they already have? Is this going to cause them to go home early? Is it going to cause them to go home on time? Is it going to cause them to go home late? Will this make their lives better? Will this make their lives worse? How is this going to impact people? Who bears the burden of this idea? Who bears the burden of this initiative or this project? If we can't answer that question, we can't expect our nurturers to enthusiastically follow us. The next question is, are we compromising our values? What do we believe in? What do we say that we believe in? Well, yeah, this happened, but we don't have to report it. We won't report it this time. Yeah, we closed the aircraft hangar door and or the door on the aircraft and, and we heard a crunch sound. And we opened it and there was a, a, a wrench that had accidentally got stuck in the door and it doesn't look like there's any structural damage. We don't have to say anything. It'd be a lot of paperwork if we did. That's a compromise of our values. And so with our nurturers is what we're doing. Is it going to compromise our values in any way? And when I talk about our values, I don't just mean our core values. What are your internal values, your organizational, your team values? If you don't know what those are, if you haven't articulated them for your team, you've got to do that. And in the book Traction, uh, one of the things that they tell you to do if you want to talk about your organization's values and you don't know what they are is clone. If you were going to clone two or three of your employees, of your people, which ones would you clone? And then once you know who you would clone, just articulate why. Why would you clone them? And once you start to see the similarities between them, those are likely the values that you want your organization to have. It's a great place to start. So are we compromising our values? And then the last question is one that like I would never think of. But who's going to hate this? Who's actually going to hate this thing that we're trying to do? Who's going to hate this project, this program? Who's going to hate it? And the reason that nurturers are often asking why or who's going to hate it is because in the nurturer's mind, they're going to have to deal with that. You won't have to deal with that. They'll have to deal with that. They're going to hear the complaining. They're going to hear people are going to be stopping by their desk wanting to talk through this challenge and this problem and how short-sighted it is and how they can't believe that a leader would make this decision and all of these things. 
the nurturers will pick up that slack where most of us won't know that it's even happening. And so if we can answer these three questions, hey, how's this decision going to impact people? Well, there's going to be about three hours of work on the front end, and then it should be sustained. But in, in the end, after about 30 days, it should return time. And then we'll actually be able to, to cut about 10 hours a week of work from, okay, that sounds pretty good. Are we compromising our values? No, we say we want to be this, and this helps us get there. Excellent. And who's going to hate it? Well, this department or Bob is really going to hate this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually sit with Bob, and I'm going to listen to all of his concerns, and I'm going to try to mitigate as many of them as I can, but I'm going to take on me to meet with him regularly through this process so that he has someone to vent to that isn't you all. So I'm going to have him coming and talking to me directly. And that goes for all of you, but I'm going to be super proactive with the marketing department or the, the ops department, whatever it is, who's going to carry the real burden of this or who's going to hate it. And if we can do that, how does this decision impact people? Are we compromising our values and who's going to hate this? If we can do that, then we have a much higher chance of winning over our nurturers. And at the end of the day, it's our nurturers, the champions of people, relational harmony and values that are going to end up carrying most of the team on their back. And so if we have them on board, we're likely going to succeed. We're likely going to win. So I hope that this was helpful to you. If you want to support me, you can always buy my book, The Leader's Garden, How to Grow Healthy, High-Performing People, right over my shoulder uh, if you're watching the video. Uh, you can go to book.marktilsher.com or just search for it on Amazon. It'll take you right there. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilsher.